enough of that music. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Kat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Dave, and I'm telling you I'm so excited because guess what? <laughs> We're going to be doing part two of our interview with Michelle Kazanowski. She's a music and choir teacher at Port Charlotte High School in Port Charlotte, Florida. Right, as well as a music director for the Venice Theater, a singer, just to name a few talents along the way there. So, we are going to get into part two with Michelle here. We're going to talk about her school, her teaching styles, some of her favorite moments, and then end up with hopefully a special treat at the end of the show there for us. So, Kat, you ready to get started? I'm ready. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or our newest website, pftatalkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, we are back. And again, the music you are listening to is George Mancini, some of his great jazz from some of the CDs there. We are sitting here with Michelle Kazanowski. Again, we mentioned she is a teacher, songwriter, singer, and music director at the Venice Theater. And we are going to get into all that. So, hello there. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great, thanks. Michelle, welcome back for part two. Thank you. In. How about the Venice Theater? You're obviously quite involved in theater up there in quite a few ways, right? Well, yeah, the, the biggest way is as a music director. I have taught some classes that they run up there and things, but I do a lot of music direction up there. Uh, they are one of the largest community theaters in the nation. They hold the International Festival every couple of years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they just held it this past past year. It's it, That's pretty interesting. And they do a lot of different types of performances so you have traditional stuff like for example i'm not involved in these productions but they're doing lend me a tenor right now which my husband's in they're getting ready for main stage for south pacific and they're doing like a 50s 60s fluff musical called suds right which mm -hmm. is sounds like yeah. it but but then they're also doing Silence the Musical, which is based on Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I'll be doing Disenchanted, which comes up this next, okay. this oh. next season. That's going to be cool. Again, that's a little bit on the outside. I love doing things that are a little bit outside the normal uh, mm -hmm. things. We did Next to Normal. That was an amazing production, which is about a woman facing schizophrenia and stuff with lost okay. a child. And it's, it's very interesting. Last year we did Dreamgirls. That was always one of my big big things was Dreamgirls. I love the music from Dreamgirls because, I mean, I am that old that I remember the original <laughs> when it was on Broadway. So. But they do a lot of different things up at Venice. They do plays as well as musicals. But the one I did before Dreamgirls was a Christmas Story by Pasek and Paul. Oh. Yeah, and my husband actually was the lead in that. <laughs> oh, <really>? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Christmas Story, one of my favorites of all time. Right, me too. Yeah, about That's, shooting your eye out. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. Yeah. Ralphie, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very cute, I mean, it's a well yeah. done, done, written, well written musical. There's just so many cliches out of that movie that you heard growing up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, music director, Venice Theater, Michelle, 
Why don't you give us some insight into that? Um, as the music director, you hire various people. Many times you hire people that you've hired before or that have come to you highly recommended. And then you put together the band. You give them the music. You can give them the music usually a month, month and a half in advance, but you don't rehearse until two or three days before you come on. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they're welcome to come down and see the show, but I don't generally even ask them to come down, except for I've had Joel come down sometimes, the drummer. Mm -hmm. I have had him come down sometimes if it's a really complicated show. Okay, now shows, I have been there, I've seen performances. And when people think of performances, they think of people up on stage and the live music. The musicians, usually in the pit area down below the stage. Uh, but this is a little different setup there, isn't it? Yeah, you don't generally see us. I hate being seen on stage. My point is I'm a music director, but sometimes they'll put me on stage <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but um, when you come to Venice and you're sitting in main stage, up to your right is a loft, mm -hmm. and we are uh, literally above the stage. And that's okay. where we are, yeah. Right, so I would imagine different sized piece band uh, for different performances. Sure, that. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm just curious about the largest pad. The largest that I've had? So drums, bass, guitar, and three horns, I think, has been the largest. Sometimes double keys. Mm, okay. Because, you know, the key, keys can cover the string part and things like that. Okay, all right. So, how did you get involved in all of this? <laughs> <laughs> Again, coming down from New York, it was one of those, I'm not in Kansas anymore. And a local theater company I had called, because I that's one of my talents because I do sing and I do play piano, mm -hmm. so I understand how to do the direction. So I had contact and they said to me, send me a resume. And I laughed <laughs> because I said, don't you want to just come down and see a show that I'm doing? Because I was doing it at the high school. And they said, no, 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 just send us a resume. And I said, hmm, no, no, no. But one of our music directors in the community had gotten into a very bad um, motorcycle accident the week before the, the music was supposed to open. So now all of a sudden they called me because I was the only one that they could get that could read the score. <laughs> so that's that's when I got involved with them. Okay, and the Venice Theater? For Venice, my husband had been saying, you know, well, you should hear my wife. And they had me in as a substitute. They had someone else music direct and he couldn't be there for all the shows. So I covered and that was all they wrote. Then they kept pulling me in there all the time. Hi. My name is George Mancini, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts, and it is a rewarding experience. Okay, so we are back, and you just heard, of course, George Mancini. Uh, again, his music that you've been listening to here throughout the shows. We just wanted to make sure we thank him for that, and... Michelle, you know, you've been on the schedule here for the show uh, for a while, so we, uh, we just wanted to make sure we brought that up for you, just, <laughs> just, just to play it. Uh, okay, Michelle. Okay, now moving back around to another stage there, so to speak, the high school where you teach, it's, it's quite different than, say, the uh, Venice Theater. So sure, mm -hmm. yes. Our auditorium in Port Charlotte is very... Um, old school. It's not like okay. the performing arts centers. It's real old school. It was bought 
I mean, it was new and it was new, but I mean, it was, it's not a very sophisticated auditorium. Okay. So we can't do a lot of bells and whistles when we do it. When we do it, it's all real live stuff. The kids and the music <laughs> and the, the stuff like that. But I think that that's something pretty significant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah. So. Okay, so teaching at the high school. <laughs> How about some of your favorite moments, your best moments? I don't know if I can come up with those kind of things. I sometimes like, I can only think of my bad moments. <laughs> I can only think of the times when I really messed up. Okay, but you've got to give us something. <laughs> um, interesting things I've always used. Live students in my pits at Fort Charlotte High School, always. Can they always play it? No. We finished by, by Birdie one time, which seems like it should be easy, rock and roll, right. but the keys are horrendous for the trumpet players. So they had made a lot of mistakes. And the two boys who were over six feet when we got to the intermission ran away. <laughs> <laughs> they ran away and they sat next to the principal and the principal looked at them and I'm not gonna save you. <laughs> so when I got the guys, I said, hey, listen, at least play one shard. Then you'll get, you know, you'll be a hundred percent better than you just were. <laughs> so I was like, that's open the kids. It's an experience they need to do because as a, as a working musician, they're going to need to be able to play that kind of a thing. It's different than what you get playing in bands because in bands, you're playing those that music for weeks, for months. Right, and this yeah. is music you just, three weeks maybe, if you're lucky, now we're going to put it together in a couple of days and we're up. You know, and um, so it's a very interesting experience for them and I, and I love yeah. doing it. Okay, so Michelle, it brings us, I guess, to the next question as, as we move along here. You teach the performing arts. How are the arts important to you as a teacher, to the students? I truly believe that you learn about life through art. Yes. So there's very little that I can't bring up to discuss in class that's not reflected in art. Um, so I can talk about all kinds of things and really get them to start forming their opinions and and that I really feel like in a music class that's part of it you learn so much about culture when mm -hmm. you're doing these things I do teach them I try to teach them to read music but I don't believe that the academics of the music gets in the way of the music okay would you elaborate on that yeah because okay so we have to do selfish so we learn the notes and we sing it I will never give you a bad grade because you can't do well in solfege. That is one of those classes where I expect, my expectation is that you're gonna try and do it, and then you're gonna catch up. And if catch up means, listen, I did three measures by myself, now I'm gonna, this girl, it took her literally 30 seconds to do it, I'm gonna do it. As long as you promise me that you are going to try every single time, I'm good with that. And the kids that I get year after year, some of them surprise themselves because sometimes they're classified as ESC or whatever. Right. And then when that light bulb clicks on, they're just, they're asking me for help now. And the amazement and the change in, in everything for them is just, is just really incredible. And the other thing is that, I mean, the expression, you're only as, as, as strong as your weakest link. So everybody, and people will say, well, well what would you do if they don't all sing? I don't ask them. You're in my class. You're gonna <laughs> sing. I mean, that's 
that's what you're here for, right? So everyone, we're going to do it all together. And, and there's a camaraderie in that because not a, some people are going to sound amazing, but they don't really think they sound amazing. And then other people are not going to sound as amazing, but there's going to be other people that sound just as unamazing. So right, yeah. <laughs> there's a comfort in that. And there's no, I work really hard at making them understand that the only judgment you can ever make really is in regards to yourself. Mm-hmm. And truly, they're not very good at even judging themselves. Most of them are much harder on themselves um, and don't want to allow themselves a chance to fail in order right. to succeed, exactly. which is a very important yeah. lesson that they have to learn. Yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But to somebody else looking from the outside, they say, oh, well, they just think that they're great and that's not what it is, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. There was a middle school principal that said it best. She said, I don't want to get anyone upset, but these students are the ones that are going to be feeding you in the nursing home. <laughs> so you don't want to get them angry. <laughs> you want them to remember you kindly. <laughs> so I go with that. All right, we'll go with that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you the same question about the Venice Theater, favorite moments. Now, a while back, you chuckled and said you could only remember your worst moments. So. <laughs> no, the worst ones, I've learned a lot of lessons uh, at Venice. I think you learned a lot of lessons everywhere, but I have done, worked with some amazing people and done some amazing productions up there um, that are significant. I mean, like, I love Dreamgirls. I love the story of Dreamgirls. I love the music for Five Guys Named Mo. I loved it when, when I'd done Smokey Joe's. I loved... Uh, Next to normal was really significant. People walked out of that drenched. We did, you know, from, from just like, there's so much energy created mm-hmm. in that one. Um, we did uh, Cabaret, and I did it twice. I did it with a summer stock, and I did it with um, a- adults in the little theater. And it was, it was not Liza Minnelli's Cabaret. It was much darker, much um, grittier. Um, with the older ones for sure that now summer stock was at that time you could had to be in high school and above so we had some college kids also and my husband's company uh raymond james well my husband's partnership in raymond james the somerville group paid for the kids to go up to the uh holocaust museum okay Mm -hmm. and so for them to understand because i think with with kids that's and especially when you're dealing with the older kids that's important they understand the backdrop of all these things Right. You, know, you can you can laugh about oh isn't that funny when they sing some of these songs and oh that's so mm-hmm. but it's not when you know why right. what it really means and and some of these things so um, some of that kind of those kind of things are pretty amazing there, and there's a lot of older people up in Venice but that are very sophisticated and watching how the things that really get to them right is, yeah. is kind of amazing kind of amazing and the the things I did ragtime couple of years okay. ago and the end of the first act when Sarah dies and everybody you know and she has her funeral and everybody at the end of the first act is just they're all crying and to see the people come young and old to come out of the theater and I had taken some of my high school students my anharmonics my top group to go see it they had nothing to say you know how far we've come yet how far we still have to go is for various reasons I mean I think that's what theater is supposed to be about mm-hmm yeah, so really just so profound, you know, just, and I totally agree with that. But just listening to this whole thing and, and asking you the question, you know, what are your your best moments? What seems to be coming through is just that the connection you make and the aha 
of the students and it just triggers something it which is inspiring you know they're all of a sudden they're inspired you're you're sparking that inspiration that they want to ask the questions mm -hmm. and they want to go deeper those sound like actually your best moments yeah and, and yeah. for me as a teacher that that is for me when they get it yeah and, and that connection is made and and it really drives them they have a shift and it really affects all the other dimensions of their life absolutely yeah. one person that can believe in them for what they do mm -hmm. regardless you know that that just you have that faith in them and all of a sudden they can create it in themselves in other ways yeah. it's not like you know you're not making musicians you're, you're helping create people yes and that's so true because when you're in this learning process or growing process sometimes you don't know how to have faith mm -hmm. but if someone else is holding that space for you it actually helps you to make that leap and you can bridge that gap and mm -hmm. then kind of cross over right so yeah that's what i think the the sole purpose for me as a teacher and it sounds like for you too and being of service that way yeah wow wow well said you see this is why i love doing this show is it too late to vote for the next Teachers of the Year? No. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, this is Skip Deirda. I'm a muralist, graphic designer, photographer, and I listen to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay, we are back and we want to thank Skip for that commercial. Again, he's a muralist working with the Punta Gorda Mural Society. And he's actually working on the Harbor Walk mural, the walk pass there under 41 South here in Punta Gorda. I stopped by the other day, saw it. He's progressing there on it nicely now. So anyway, Skip, thank you for that. Now. Michelle, before the break, we were talking about high school, uh, your students, the classes that you teach there, and what that means to you and your students. So what are some of the other things you've been working on? We did uh, The Wizard of Oz and The Wiz. I had done it two separate years because I believe that our responsibility is to teach them the classics as well as to teach them the newer ones. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> to give you an indication, I think in my Wizard of Oz, my Dorothy was Korean-American. My Uncle Henry, I know, was African-American. I have, my aunt was, was Arab. And then so like they were all different. And then with The Wiz, it was the same thing. I had Filipino was my lead and like all great. different. It was yeah. good Sound of Music we did. And my Nazis happened to be just the people that mm -hmm. acted. One of them was an African-American male. Okay. Yeah. One of them was part Jewish. <laughs> they were my Nazis. And we had a whole discussion about the fact that you know that in reality this would not be. You know right, what, yeah. what this really means. I said, but in my estimation, it's mm -hmm. kind of a way of saying, you know, sticking your nose at the Nazis. And so, but it helps them. Um, where else are they going to get the chance to put themselves in certain of these roles right. to empathize, if not high school? You know, mm -hmm. We were so reality-based outside of high school. Even Lin-Manuel said that. There was a whole controversy about In the Heights in Australia mm -hmm. because they, he had put a fully white cast in it, uh, whoever the director was. And Lin-Manuel said, no, that's not what, what it's meant for. If you were doing it in a school, that's different because then you use your population to do it 
and you don't right. that you don't sweat because they're teaching a different lesson. But if you're doing it on a stage where people are paying to come see you, mm -hmm. then you have a responsibility to stay true to the story. Yes, and it's not the same story if you do it the way mm -hmm. with with negating that. So, yeah, I think that those. So maybe I mean the theater stuff has always been a lot of a lot of fun. For it, but I really think it's the, the kids, the individuals mm -hmm. that I remember that I, I try mm -hmm. to stay in contact with and stuff. Yeah, I mean, just sitting here listening to you talk, uh, you can feel that passion that you have. Oh, yes. It's just coming right, right out of you there. You yeah. Were, you're talking about the kids and the students and in the theater, too. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder Ellen Hardy said to me, <laughs> <laughs> she's straight out in a pistol and the kids love her. <laughs> quite sure how to take me at first <laughs> and then they understand you know but I will tell you that they they trust me and I can't mm -hmm. think of anything that I can say better than that if you trust me then we're gonna be okay right you know? yeah and they do they'll come to me with all kinds of things or you know they'll listen when I talk to them about about certain things and I think you have to be careful as a teacher not to abuse that trust yes you know yeah. that's very important mm -hmm. but and a but we're supposed to be a village. We're supposed to be able mm -hmm. to work in conjunction with the parents, as well as other educators, as well as other, you know. And the kids that are lucky enough to have that, I think is, it's great. I mean, there are kids that yeah. don't have that support system. Right. But a lot of kids have that support system. They just don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, high school is the time. It's, it's the cutest thing for me is when I hear kids that when they were in high school, all they did was complain about their parents. And I'd be like... Trust me, you'll, you'll understand when things get, when you get a little bit older, when you get perspective on this stuff. Um, and then 10 years from now, I'll see them. Oh, my mother's my best friend. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. <laughs> now, I'm curious, Michelle, is that anything that ever happened between you and your father? I never got to that point. I keep, he keeps always telling us, you know, oh, but you guys are going to be so much smarter than you're so much smarter than I am. And we're like, yeah, I, I'm not seeing that ever happen, Dad. <laughs> That's just not going to work that way. So like literally when I was growing up and then high school age, when everybody, then you're kind of rebelling against your parents. Mm. Well, what do you yeah. do when your, your father like says two words to these people and they're like, Wow. And then they hear him play and they're, because of course I was in all these music groups. So right. anybody I brought into the house, whether they were a boyfriend or a regular friend, always had to do with music. And then they were like, thought my father was God too. So <laughs> <laughs> I never, I, mean, I could never say that. <laughs> and that is obviously the, the biggest part for you is being a teacher. Oh yeah. Keeping yeah. the connection. I think, I think yeah. that's what life is, right? Is the connection. Yeah. yeah. All the connections. Yeah. Yeah. So teaching something you're going to continue for a while? I went back to school. I was at that point. I had always, I was going to go for a doctorate, but I haven't found a doctorate that I wanted to do that I could do it here. My husband wasn't thrilled about me saying, well, there's only two places for a doctorate in musical theater. One's in Arizona, one's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so he was not as supportive maybe as what he would have been. <laughs> I don't really blame him. But so I went back for my specialist degree in admin. Mm -hmm. because okay. I also thought that that's an interesting, you know, we have a lot of wonderful administrators and mo many of their experiences are based in ESC or academics or sports. Mm -hmm. Not as many are based in the arts. 
and I can walk in those other worlds, right. but I come usually from that other angle. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's important for the students to also get that balance mm. in their life with those things. So, so we'll see. But then again, I wasn't going to be a teacher for the longest time. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm intrigued by it. I like the idea. I've been warned by an administrator I respect very much that I'm going to miss the children. So there's part of that, but that says, ooh, maybe I will. But the other part of it says, yeah. I'd be reaching other children in another way, and maybe I can right. come up with something that brings things even farther. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all part of the evolution. Correct. You know? The seasons in life. Yeah, seasons yeah. in yeah. life, and just to be open to it. and. You know, and I love teaching. I feel that I'm always going to be doing it, but I don't know what else will unfold. Sure. What set of circumstances are going to come together that maybe will give me the opportunity to have a more expanded reach with right. it. So, yeah. Right. Maybe like a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> and the Venice Theater? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I will always stay, well, that we're doing Christmas Carol there for shoot, I want to say 18 years now, maybe, that I've been doing Christmas mm -hmm. Carol there, because they do their own version of Christmas Carol. So I will be staying involved in, in Venice Theater. They usually ask me which shows I want to do, and, and I pick the shows that I want to do unless somebody asks me to do them a favor and do other shows. I know you all have played uh, most recently up the Venice Theater. You've done quite a few things up there. Yes, we had a cabaret this summer. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, with the cabaret, that was you, your father, and then you did uh, another one. That... To all the men I loved before, mm -hmm. which were some of my favorite composers. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Like Gershwin and Porter and people like that. So this one was more of uh, shows. And my son was also featured in it. He's just graduated with his uh, jazz piano degree. Um, one That's of my father's fantastic. students. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course, what do you do with a jazz piano degree? We're still figuring it out, but it's okay. <laughs> but he also produces his own music, and I was saying he's got a record that's out called Beautiful Crazy with uh, mm. one of his people that's by the name of Brandon Gomes, and Michael goes by the name of Safa. Don't ask me why. I think Mancini is a really musical name, but I don't know right. about kids. Anyway, and it's on Spotify <laughs> and iTunes and all those things, so... So we do a lot of his family. I mean, I do get myself out there in other places in the community. I did, too. I did do a version of uh, Reefer Madness up at Starlight Lounge, up which is in Sarasota. Okay. That was a mm -hmm. much smaller, like, dinner theater kind of a thing. But it was it was a great production. I worked with um, one of the best directors in Sarasota, Kelly Woodland. So that was that was pretty amazing. Kelly Woodland. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. Michelle, we first met when your father, George Rincini, was performing at the Four Seasons. Yeah. We had just done the interview with Ellen Harvey. And uh, she had mentioned, we should hear you sing. So Nanette and I were speaking with your father. And he had mentioned uh, you would be there shortly, uh, performing with him that evening. And we were joking around uh, with your father. And uh, I said, right, I uh, hear she can sing. <laughs> and, uh, and during that performance, Kat, I sent you a message. Uh, wow. She sounds like, do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> she could sing, and she reminds me of Streisand. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Michelle, you are a fan of Mel Torme. 
Of course. And this is what she was performing there that night. Wow. But I do remember reading that you can hold a note like no other. I think that maybe that's not the exact quote, but that you can really hold a high note. I'm not a soprano. I mean, my style, when I have a, if I were going to tell you singing wise, I'm a jazz person. I'm a jazz person all the way. You know, I, I do Ella and just everybody and I just will, and when my dad and I do it, shoot, I mean, I can't tell you how comfortable it is because I'm a piano player and I don't really like other people playing for me. I would rather play for myself. Okay. Unless it's my father. Mm. Mm. Because, you know, I know exactly what he's going to do and, and he knows what I'm going to do. And sometimes, sometimes neither of us really knows what we're going to do, but we both figure out where the other person's <laughs> going anyway. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put that. Right. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now, Michelle, we have been talking about you singing. Oh, uh. <laughs> you, you knew we were going to. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, how about that? Okay. All of me, why not take all of me? Can't you see I'm no good without you? Why don't you take my lips? I want to lose them. Oh, and won't you take these arms? Who are they going to hold if you refuse them? Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a treat. See, didn't I tell you? I love it. Yes. yes. What a treat. Thank yes. you. Michelle, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Is there uh, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up here, Michelle? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, just um, I'm my family because Lord knows yeah. I've had to put up with, with everything that I do from, from my husband, um, who is strong enough to deal with a woman that is, you know, strong herself and, and tends to be a workaholic. So she's, you know, <laughs> and when I had children, it was not a problem because I would literally just throw them in the car and take them with me wherever I went. You know, but I had... Three children, three stepchildren, and a gaggle of, of grandchildren now at this point. So that's really cool. So yeah. the next generation is coming up. <laughs> and that must be interesting to see because isn't, like you had mentioned before, you're seeing the musicians kind of oh, coming yeah. in? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and of course Michael being the youngest mm -hmm. in, that, in our blended family anyway and looking to do this as a career um, and then just figuring out which end of it. I mean, right now he's doing the more current stuff i mean he studied jazz and he's mm -hmm. great with that but he feels called into a different area and to more of and i'm going to use the wrong terms so, and then he's going to yell at me but more <laughs> of an urban kind of thing which is you know more modern right with, with things to say you okay. know so we'll see but yeah i mean it keeps on going right yeah. music is not going to stop it's just going to evolve and go somewhere else and then you right. you go with it hopefully <laughs> <laughs> so well, Michelle, we're going to wrap up, so we want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. And it was great hearing the other side of these stories. We've had discussions with um, your parents over dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some questions for them next time I see them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have gotten lots of stories with my parents, but that would have been... But thank you both very much for having me. Really well, thank you, Michelle. It. This has been wonderful and yeah. fantastic family. So fascinating. Thanks. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
thank you for all the wonderful art and that beautiful little song and uh, for everything you do with you soon for encouraging the next generation yes thanks yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so michelle we are out of time and coffee <laughs> <laughs> so with that cat you have a great day you have a great day too dave looking forward to catching up with you for the next show i look forward to it right so everyone, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. And blessings, everyone. There you go. And we're going to leave you with some more wonderful sound from the Mancini family. You'll be listening to George Sr. on the piano, George Jr. on the horns, and then, of course, another wonderful encore of Michelle. This is Partnership for the Arts Talk Show. Thanks for joining us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find this and other episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or our newest website, pftatalkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. All of me. Why not take all of me? Can't you see I'm no good without you? Why don't you take my lips? I wanna lose them. Oh, and won't you take these arms? Who are they gonna hold if you refuse them? What a treat, thank yes. you. Michelle, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>